Welcome everyone to Church at Home. This is the fourth edition. I can't believe it's been four weeks already that we're in this new world. This new world though, that is a world where God is still in control. Jesus is still Lord and uh, you and I can still worship him. Uh, we're gonna worship God in, in just a moment, but I just really want to give you a warm welcome today. And uh, thank you for, for joining with us today on this special day, this day where we get to come together and worship the Lord. I just wanted to start by reading a psalm, Psalm 18. I love you, O Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock, my fortress, and my deliverer. My God is my rock in whom I take refuge. He is my shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. I call to the Lord who is worthy of praise and I am saved from my enemies. The cords of death entangled me, the torrents of destruction overwhelmed me, the cords of the grave coiled around me, the snares of death confronted me. In my distress I called to the Lord, I cried to my God for help from his temple he heard my voice. My cry came before him into his ears. We right now can have the same assurance that we can worship God with the same vigor uh, in our distress and he will hear us. And so as we do lift our voices in praise of Jesus this morning, let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, I pray that we'd be encouraged and lifted up this morning as we lift up the name of Jesus. Lord, I pray that each person would not only feel an encouragement, Lord, but would feel a new, fresh experience of you as we worship you together in our homes and as we protect our community and care for those around us. Lord, I pray that you would be glorified, you would be lifted high, and you would be praised above all the name of Jesus. Lord, be with us now and uh, may our praises resound and may they lift up to heaven and may your ears hear them and you, Lord Jesus, be praised and glorified from our lips today. We thank you for this time. We can join together in, in prayer. We can join together in worship and we can join together hearing from your word today. May you be praised and glorified, Jesus, we pray. Amen. Let's sing. Forever God is with us 
Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found. Was blind, but now I see. Twas grace that taught my heart to fear and grace my fears relieved how precious did that grace appear the hour I first believed my chains are
again into your family your blood flows through my veins I'm no longer a slave to fear I am a child of God I'm no longer a slave to fear I am a child be able to worship the Lord together. I have just a few announcements for us today. Uh, first of all is about caring for families in our community that are in need. Uh, without having our regular meetings at church, uh, there isn't the opportunity for you to drop food or goods off for loaves and fishes uh, to our church building. Uh, and in the meantime, if that's something that you have been doing regularly, um, I'd just encourage you to set aside um, maybe some funds and direct deposit those into our account marked Loaves and Fishes or LNF, and uh, we will pass those on directly to Loaves and Fishes because they are in need and their services will be required more going forward than what they even are now. Um, and so we really encourage that if you do have the opportunity to give, um, to do that, um, even if it's just $5 a week, uh, that would be a wonderful blessing um, that we will then pass straight on to Loaves and Fishes in full. Uh, so yeah, just mark that as a separate um, deposit and send that through. Um, as we are going through this, um, if there's different ways for, that you would like to connect with other people, um, just reach out. I'm sure that everyone would love to connect with you in, in those ways. Um, you would have been receiving phone calls and text messages or some sort of contact from, from someone from the leadership team. Uh, so I just pray that they are an encouragement to you. And uh, I just really encourage you that if you have any needs to reach out. So when you are called or, or, or contact is made, take that opportunity to, to share the needs that you have and uh, we'd love to be able to meet as many of those needs as possible. Uh, so that is great. Um, I, I have heard that uh, there's a Bible study still occurring on Zoom each week. Um, so thank you for Peter and uh, everyone else in that uh, small group that are going ahead and doing that. Others aren't so technically capable and so are taking this time just to, to hunker down and, and to care and protect our community. Uh, so if there is anything that you think you could benefit from, 
um, and you think we can help you out with in any way, just let us know. We'd love to be able to do that for you. Uh, this week we do kick off our brand new series on faith in Hebrews 11. Uh, so if you have your Bibles with you today, then we'll be definitely starting in Hebrews 11. And uh, we won't be uh, straying from Hebrews 11 for the next several weeks as we go through this series on faith. Uh, what we will be doing though is, is tackling a lot of different scriptures which speak about faith today. Um, so if you haven't got your Bibles, go grab those and uh, we'd love to have them with uh, you whilst we do this. Um, any passages that uh, will be read out will be on the screen as well for your reference, just like they were last week. Um, so uh, we'll be able to do that um, and uh, keep you up to date with where we are because we are jumping around a bit today. Uh, so let me just pray for us before we open the scriptures together. Lord Jesus, I ask that as we open your word this morning, Lord, you would speak to us. You would speak to us clearly from your word. You would speak to us boldly from your word. And that, Lord, as we do indeed look at faith, Lord, you would increase ours. And so we pray this in the name of the Lord Jesus. Amen. Well, as I said, today we do begin our brand new series from Hebrews 11. Uh, and, and this really looks at many different Old Testament characters. And the writer of Hebrews uses their stories to highlight for us the presence, the principle, the power and the possibilities of faith. As we see these characters' faith in operation. Each person listed in Hebrews 11, you know, they weren't by themselves anything special. They were all just normal, regular people, just like you and me. But they are mentioned because they believed God. Faith is the indispensable quality which God looks for. This chapter starts with a definition of faith in Hebrews 11 verses 1 to 3. Now, faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. For by it, people of old received their commendation. By faith, we understand that the universe was created by the word of God, so that it, what is seen was not made out of things that are invisible. So by defining faith as assurance and conviction... The author indicates that biblical faith is not a vague hope grounded in imaginary, wishful thinking. Instead, faith is a settled confidence at something in the future, something that is not yet seen but has been promised by God, and that this would actually come to pass because God would bring it about. So biblical faith is not blind trust in the face of contrary evidence, not an unknowable leap in the dark. Rather, biblical faith is a confident trust in the eternal God who is all-powerful, infinitely wise, eternally trustworthy, the God who has revealed himself in his word and in the person and work of Jesus Christ, whose promises have proven true from generation to generation and who will never leave nor forsake his own. Such faith in the unseen realities of God is emphasized throughout chapter 11 and has provided confidence and assurance to all who receive Christ as their Lord and Saviour. And I want us to take a look right now at the contrast of faith between Hebrews 11.6 and 1 John 5.10. First of all, Hebrews 11.6. And without faith, it is impossible to please God. Because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. And 1 John 5.10 says, Anyone who does not believe in God has made him out to be a liar because he has not believed the testimony God has given about his son. The difference between the Christian and the non-Christian is that in the life of a Christian, faith is in operation, whereas in the life of a non-Christian, it is not 
present. And there is a biblical pattern about faith that has been established. Habakkuk 2.4 says, See, he is puffed up, his desires are not upright, but the righteous will live by his faith. We also read in Romans 1.17, In the gospel, a righteousness from God is revealed, a righteousness that is by faith from first to last. Just as it is written, the righteous will live by faith. And Galatians 3.11 says, Clearly no one is justified before God by the law because the righteous will live by faith. And Hebrews 10.38 says, But my righteous one will live by faith. And if he shrinks back, I will not be pleased with him. See, time and time again, in both the Old Testament and the New Testament, we are told that the righteous will live by faith. It is a recurring theme throughout the scriptures. And what better time to be reminded of this than right now? It is imperative for us to continue to live by faith, to live lives where our faith is in operation. Hebrews 10.39 says, But we do not belong to those who shrink back and are destroyed, but to those who have faith and are saved. Those of us with a saving faith in Jesus Christ do not belong to those who will be destroyed. We belong to those who have faith and are saved. What an encouragement to those of us who have faith and what a challenge and warning to those yet to place their faith in Jesus Christ. And so as we begin our series today, let's dive into the life of the first person mentioned in Hebrews 11, now that we understand a little bit more about faith, and let's read the account of Abel. Hebrews 11 verse 4. By faith Abel offered God a better sacrifice than Cain did. By faith he was commended as a righteous man when God spoke well of his offerings. And by faith he still speaks even though he is dead. But if you're not familiar with the story of Cain and Abel, then we obviously have to start there. And so uh, if you'd like to turn with your bi- in your Bibles with me to Genesis chapter 2, we're going to read verses 1 through 12 and then a few more. And that is where the story of Cain and Abel is found. So join with me, Genesis chapter 2, verses 1 to 12. Adam lay with his wife Eve and she became pregnant and gave birth to Cain. She said, with the help of the Lord, I have brought forth this man. Later, she gave birth to his brother Abel. Now Abel kept flocks and Cain worked the soil. In the course of time, Cain brought some of the fruits of the soil as an offering to the Lord. But Abel brought fat portions from some of the firstborn of his flock. The Lord looked with favour on Abel and his offering, but on Cain and his offering he did not look with favour. So Cain was very angry and his face was downcast. Then the Lord said to Cain, Why are you angry? Why is your face downcast? If you do what is right, will you not be accepted? But if you do not do what is right, sin is crouching at your door. It desires to have you, but you must master it. Now Cain said to his brother Abel, let's go out to the field. And while they were in the field, Cain attacked his brother Abel and killed him. Then the Lord said to Cain, Where is your brother Abel? I don't know, he replied. Am I my brother's keeper? The Lord said, What have you done? Listen, your brother's blood cries out to me from the ground. Now you are under a curse and driven from the ground, which opened its mouth to receive your brother's blood from your hand. When you work the ground, it will no longer yield its crop for you, You will be a restless wanderer on the earth. Okay, so that is the story of Cain and Abel. And now I want to look at why this is important. 
So as you look at Abel through both of these passages, both in Hebrews and Genesis, we see that it was his faith which enabled him to approach God and worship him acceptably. We read in Hebrews 11.5 of Enoch who walked with God. And in Hebrews 11.7 we read of Noah who worked for God. They're coming up in future weeks. But it is significant that we first read of Abel who worshipped God. For worship is the highest function that we as humans can achieve. And only as we are able to worship God can we walk with God and work for God. So how then can a man, an ordinary man like you and I, an ordinary man like Abel, approach God and be accepted by him? There are two ways suggested here in this story. The true way and the false way. Cain was rejected because his offering was not acceptable to God. Abel was accepted because the offering he brought was acceptable to God. We are all like Cain or Abel, saved or lost, believers or unbelievers, accepted or rejected, in or out, Christians or not Christians. But what's the difference? Where is the line between the two? How did Abel exercise faith in the Lord, faith which made him acceptable to the Lord and enabled him to worship God and have assurance of his salvation? What is the difference? How is one okay and the other not okay? Well, Abel exercised faith by discounting human schemes, methods and reasoning, and obeying God. Picture these two men, Cain and Abel. Before they could come into the presence of God, they must bring an offering because they were sinners. We know that they were sinners because Romans 5.12 tells us that. So they both built an altar, and Cain brought his offering, the first fruits of the soil. And Abel brought his offering, fat portions from some of his flock, a sacrificial lamb. To my logic, I would think that grain, vegetables and fruit and stuff would be far more pleasing to the eye than animal fat. But Abel's offering was what God wanted because God had already revealed his way of salvation to his parents, Adam and Eve. If you look at Genesis 3, you see why. Verse 6, When the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye, and also desirable for gaining wisdom, she took some and ate it. She also gave some to her husband who was with her, and he ate it. Then the eyes of both of them were opened, and they realized they were naked. So they sewed fig leaves together and made coverings for themselves. Then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord God as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day, and they hid from the Lord God among the trees of the garden. But the Lord God called to the man, Where are you? He answered, I heard you in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked, so I hid. And he said, Who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree that I commanded you not to eat from? The man said, The woman you put here with me, she gave me some fruit from the tree and I ate it. Then the Lord God said to the woman, What is this you have done? But the key to this significance is found in verse 21. The Lord God made garments of skin for Adam and his wife and clothed them. Before the skins could be provided for a covering of Adam and Eve, an animal first had to be killed and blood had to be shed. And so while Cain placed upon the altar the fruits of his own labour, grain and vegetables and stuff, which he'd raised by his own efforts. Abel, on the other hand, took a perfect lamb, killed it, poured the blood at the side of the altar and placed the lamb upon the altar. Abel's offering anticipated the coming of the lamb of God. This was what God had established as acceptable. 
Exodus 12.5 records the Passover, the shedding of blood. And in Leviticus 9.3, God is instructing his people on what he desires for atonement of sin. He says in Leviticus 9.3, Then say to the Israelites, Take a male goat for a sin offering, a calf and a lamb, both a year old and without defect, for a burnt offering. And in 1 John 29, we see the person of Jesus as this sacrificial lamb. The next day, John saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And in 1 Peter 1, verse 18 and 19, we read, For you know that it was not with perishable things such as silver or gold that you were redeemed from the empty way of life handed down to you from your forefathers, but with the precious blood of Christ, a lamb without blemish or defect. And Revelation 13.8, speaking of what is yet to come, says, All inhabitants of the earth will worship the beast, all whose names have not been written in the book of life, belonging to the lamb that was slain from the creation of the world. It all points us to the sacrifice of Calvary. There is only one way for a sinner to approach a holy God, and that is through the shed blood of the Lamb, the shed blood of Jesus Christ. And to exercise faith in God means to recognize this fact and to approach Him in this way, which is completely unnatural to human reasoning. But, but hold on, Aaron. I don't think it was really fair. I mean, Cain was a farmer. And Abel was the shepherd. Each gave the best of what they had. And you know what? That's a fair point. When Abel's offering was accepted by God and Cain's wasn't, God was telling Cain something. You know, I've been loving uh, growing my vegetables and uh, seeing some things harvested and being able to use them and eat them. And they are indeed pleasing to the eye. Those fresh little peas straight out of the pot and pop straight in the mouth. They're very tasty. Um, and when you compare them to, to animal fat, you think animal fat looks so ugly. But yet God was telling Cain something here. He was saying and telling Cain that his desire and his preference, his choice was for the animal sacrifice, not grain. Because that is the system that he had put in place, which is most significant because it was the precursor to the sacrifice of Christ. Cain could have easily traded fruits of his labor with his brother Abel and got a lamb to sacrifice so as to please God. But what did he do? Well, he got angry. He got angry and he also got a big case of the sads. And Abel, however, exercised his faith by acknowledging his sin and his need of God's forgiveness. But there is no hint in Cain making the same acknowledgement. You could very well liken Cain and Abel to the Pharisee and the tax collector in Luke chapter 18, verses 10 to 14. Two men went up to the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee stood up and prayed about himself. God, I thank you that I am not like other men, robbers, evildoers, adulterers, or even the like of this tax collector. I fast twice a week and give a tenth of all I get. But the tax collector stood at a distance. He would not even look up to heaven, but beat his breast and said, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. I tell you that this man, rather than the other, went home justified before God. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, and he who humbles himself will be exalted. One was proud, and he was rejected. The other humble, and he was accepted. One was completely blind in his sin and full of self-righteousness. The other acknowledged his 
need of God's forgiveness. Abel exercised his faith by recognising that no work or effort of his could gain him acceptance before God. Romans chapter 3 verses 20 explains, Therefore no one will be declared righteous in his sight by observing the law, rather through the law we become conscious of sin. And further to this, we read in Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 to 10, For it is by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not from yourselves, it is the gift of God, not by works so that no one can boast. For we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. My favourite passage, though, highlighting the stark contrast between Abel and Cain, really, I guess, is, is Titus chapter 3, verses 3 to 7. It says this, At one time we too were foolish, disobedient, deceived and enslaved by all kinds of passions and pleasures. We lived in malice and envy, being hated and hating one another. But when the kindness and love of God our Saviour appeared, He saved us, not because of righteous things we had done, but because of His mercy. He saved us through the washing and rebirth and renewal by the Holy Spirit, whom He poured out on us generously through Jesus Christ our Saviour, so that having been justified by His grace, we might become heirs, having the hope of eternal life. There is absolutely nothing we can do to save us. No act, no deed, no law to keep, nothing. Yet if we exercise our faith like Abel, we can be counted among the redeemed. We can be counted among those whose names are written in the book of life. We can be saved. But getting back to my point about Cain's reaction and response, you know, being a big sook and going off in an angry tiff, uh, look at verse 7 of Genesis chapter 4. If you do what is right, will you not be accepted? But if you do not do what is right, sin is crouching at your door. It desires to have you, but you must master it. It's almost like God is saying to Cain, look Cain, it's not too late. Bring the right sacrifice and bring the right offering and I will accept you too, just like I've accepted your brother. But this was not Cain's attitude. You know, how often do we come up against rejection or misunderstanding or, or take something the wrong way and, and, and we get angry and we go off and sulk, we, we let it stew and fester, we, we let it build up under the surface, we let it get out of proportion until it finally explodes. Cain, he got angry with God and he got angry with Abel. Cain got angry with his brother and killed him. Can you imagine killing your brother? I mean, I've got two older brothers. And growing up, you know, there were times where we'd fight and, you know, we'd get angry with each other. But I could never, ever think of, of, of taking such a harsh response and actually killing them, killing your own brother. You know, and this is, let's not forget, this is Genesis chapter 4. Genesis chapter 4, and someone is being murdered. You know, and, and Jesus tells us in Matthew 5.22 that even if we get angry, we'll be judged as murderers. And, and I guess it's a pretty good time to check ourselves here. Is there someone that you are angry with? Is there an Abel in your life which you really need to go and set things right with before you explode? Are you a Cain and, and letting your anger get the better of you? Is sin crouching at your door? Well, listen to the words of Jesus, of God from this passage. It's not too late. 
It is not too late for anyone. In Hebrews 11.4, we read that by faith, that is, by the offering his faith led him to bring, he, Abel, was commended as a righteous man. This means that Abel believed that through his offering, God had accepted him and had justified him. Abel's faith, therefore, brought him the assurance of salvation, and so should ours. Romans 8, tell, 8 verse 1 tells us, Therefore there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And Hebrews 10, 19-22 confirms, Therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way open for us through the curtain, that is, his body, and since we have a great high priest over the house of God, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. It is through exercising our faith in Jesus Christ, through worshipping the one and true God, through the blood of Jesus and nothing else, that we stand before God assured of our salvation. So, what are the keys to faith that we can take with us today? Well, before we can walk with God, And before we can work for God, we need to worship God. We exercise faith by obeying God, even though it may seem to go our own better human judgment, like Cain and his vegetables. um, We need to obey God. We exercise faith by acknowledging sin and our need for God's forgiveness, like Abel did. We exercise faith by recognizing that no work or effort on our behalf can gain for us acceptance before God. The law is there to point out that we need a savior, not that we can work enough to be good enough. And we we exercise faith by accepting God's testimony that those of us who have faith are righteous. And so for each of us today, God's desire is that we would become strong in our faith. And I know that some people watching today are not living by faith. But hear this deeply today. God's desire is that you too would be saved. His desire is that you too would come to a saving faith In Jesus Christ, a free gift is being offered today to you in the gospel of Jesus Christ. The good news that he has paid the penalty for all of our sins. He did that on the cross and he freely offers you today the gift of eternal salvation. Others of us are counted as the righteous living by faith, but might be struggling right now. May we pray to the Lord Jesus the same request of the apostles from Luke chapter 17, verse 5. Lord, increase our faith. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you this morning for this story of Cain and Abel, which... Lord, gives us a wonderful example of what righteousness comes by, by faith. Lord, we are counted righteous by the blood of Jesus Christ, whom we ourselves are united with by faith. Lord, it is by faith that, you, that, that we are saved, by your grace poured out for us in the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. Lord, I pray for us that are saved and that do have faith. Lord, I pray that through this time you would increase our faith. Lord, I pray that you would increase our desire to go deeper into your word and to understand you more. 
And that, Lord, through those experiences, you would indefinitely increase our faith. And, Lord, I pray for those who are watching who are not living by faith. Lord, I pray that you would reach into their hearts and their minds, that, Lord, you would touch them with your grace, and that, Lord, you would bring them to an understanding of what you have done for us, an understanding of the gospel, the good news that indeed Jesus has paid the penalty for our sins. He freely offers the gift of forgiveness and the gift of an eternity sealed future, a sealed future with you, a seal that cannot be broken, a seal that is made by the indwelling Holy Spirit. And so, Lord Jesus, I ask that your spirit would come upon each one of us now and continue to encourage us and increase our faith, I pray. Amen. Who am I that the highest king would But he brought me in Oh, his love for me Oh, his love for me Who the sun sets free Oh, it's free indeed I'm a child of God Yes, I His grace runs deep While I was a slave to sin Jesus died for me Yes, He died for me Who the sun sets free Who is free indeed I'm a child
Well, thank you for joining with us for church today. It was lovely to have you with us. Uh, I'd encourage you if uh, you would like to make contact with me and to discuss uh, anything about your faith, then please do um, through email. My email is aaron at wangratabaptist.com.au. Uh, would love to connect with you and uh, help you in your faith. Uh, would also like to encourage you with just a couple of photos from, from, pre, from last week. Um, if you've got any that you'd like to share of you doing church this week, um, then please send them through and uh, we'll look out for that photo of the week uh, this week. And uh, just be encouraged, be blessed and uh, look after those people around you. Um, it was great to be in contact with so many people this week um, to really encourage each of us. And I'm encouraged myself by the way that people are doing so well through this time. Um, I'm also encouraged by the reach of these um, services uh, that we're reaching um, nearly about, averaging around 200 a week, which is more than triple what we have in our church services regularly when we were meeting together. And so I trust that God is using uh, this for his plans and purposes. And uh, may that be one sense of, of increased faith and increased assurance that God is in control, that his gospel does go out and uh, that people are coming to a saving faith in Jesus Christ. Um, the online church platform that we are delivering this primarily on um, sent an email this week that um, just shy of um, 10 million people actually tuned into services all over the globe um, this last week and, and the online church platform was used in every single country in the world. Um, this week and uh, from that there are over 60,000 people who made a saving faith in Jesus um, commitment uh, through these church services and so uh, there are um, going to be opportunities um, for us to minister to some of these people in the future and so uh, may keep them in your prayers as well and just be encouraged that uh, the church is meeting still um, we are meeting in our homes, we are meeting in our locations because that's where we've been sent right now by God on mission for his plans and purposes. So please uh, look out for ways you can definitely encourage those around you, bless those around you and uh, bring God glory and bring the hope of the gospel with you. Blessings. <music>